sang this song to me There was a message in his melody Sweetest lyrics that I ever heard There's a message in the songs of words Tomorrow is another day Living is the only way Tomorrow's gonna ever come Listen to the words of the song Everything gonna be Everything is gonna be Greetings to everyone who is watching us. I am Stephanie Wilson Coleman, known as the Empowerment Doctor, and I want to thank you guys for tuning in to A Sip of Inspiration. Today's podcast is Words to Inspire with Paul A. Blake. So I'm going to do my little housekeeping as I always do, because you all know I'm poor about that, according to my media coach. So <laughs> if you're looking at this now, you are looking at this on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, I will add it to Facebook later. It seems that there was a connection problem. So I apologize for that. For those of you who went there, it will be in there later. And it will be on my website, champagneconnection.com. So when you go to my website, you'll see some merchandise. You'll see all the other previous podcast uh, episodes and a lot of information that you can use to change your life and start to live your dreams because, you know, I believe that we were all here for a specific purpose and we were given a dream and some of us are asleep so wake up i'm shaking you now wake up so that you can live your dream because you all know i always say that the world is in the shape it's in because we are not doing the things that we were created to do so go to champagneconnection.com and let me know what you think so my sponsor i have to do a shout out to my sponsor when you need a supply company to rise to your needs Carl Resource Industrial Supply Equipment. They have sponsored every episode of A Sip of Inspiration, and I am grateful for their generosity. Joining me is Paul A. Blake, and I'm going to read a little bit from his bio. He's an author, motivational speaker, marriage counselor, marriage counselor, okay, <laughs> certified mentor, certified life coach, marriage officer, okay, minister of religion, entrepreneur, husband, and father. Okay? Paul is making waves. He's on a mission to live an abundant life. His philosophy is that the power to live abundantly rests in our will to believe that we can be more than we are now. Did you get that? The power to live abundantly rest in our will to believe that we can be more than we are now. So let's welcome Paul A. Blake. Thank you for Blake. Thank you for joining me. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Thank you much for the for the privilege. <laughs> it's always a privilege to share on these platforms. So I was as I was reading your bio, I see you are a marriage counselor and a marriage officer. So marriage yeah. is incredibly important to you. So tell us about that a little bit before we go into the meat of what you do. Oh, wow. I have been married for 16 years to my beautiful wife, Raquel. And 16? Yes, 16 years. Okay. I, I, and that's interesting because I grew up not wanting to be married. <laughs> 
<laughs> before 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 1998 i i had no intention of being married because i my parents my parents got divorced when i was 15 years old okay and their their marriage was not was not a great marriage wasn't an example that i could follow and so i i had no intention of getting married and meeting meeting christ lord in 1998 changed changed all of that and you know my wife is someone you know we didn't have it's not you know we, we didn't meet by accident or anything she's somebody that i knew for a very long time i actually grew up in the same church in my okay. in Mandeville, where i'm from and so you know we formed a friendship formed a bond over over year over the years and we just started dating and out, out of that, um, a beautiful romance started. <laughs> and, and for the last 60, and it, ha, it has been it has been very good. I mean, it is it's a wonderful relationship. Has has its ups and downs like like every other relationship, but I would not change a day for anything at all. Well, fantastic. That is good to hear. See? <laughs> so what has been the most transformative moment in your life and how did it shape the person you are today yeah i think my for me my transformation began and i know the date the 10th of june 1998 and it's 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 one of those days i will never forget um and it actually started out of a bible study um, a Bible study that I had been trying to avoid for about a year. <laughs> <laughs> You're running for a year, huh? I, I was trying to avoid that Bible study for over a year. And I remember my my minister, who's actually my, one of my mentors, I remember one of the things that he used to do is that he used to show up at my house at one o'clock every Monday afternoon. <laughs> and he did that. He did that for over a year. He, I mean, he did it religiously. And interestingly, that that afternoon, which was actually a Wednesday afternoon, um, I remember clearly because it was a day that um, the soccer World Cup started in France. That was the, the year that Jamaica qualified for World Cup. And I remember we we had a Bible study. It was a a young minister uh, who is a, a year younger than than myself, who was a, an avid fan of soccer also. And he came to my house, and we we had a Bible study. And for about an hour, it lasted. And at the end of the Bible study, um, I remember the question that he asked me, because I, I again really had no intention of becoming a Christian. Then I just want, I just wanted the Bible study to be over. And he asked, he asked the question, um, if if you should die today, what what will happen? What do you think will happen to you? And for a person who is, I have an answer for everything. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm one of I'm one of those persons. I okay. have an answer. I have an answer for everything. And I sat in that room that afternoon and I was speechless. I could not answer. I just my mind just went blank. I just could not answer. And I just said to him, you know what? Let's get this over with. <laughs> and when went to the church building and I got baptized that day, about two o'clock in the afternoon. And that 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 began my transformation. I I I I mean I grew up um, not being a very um, 
good student. I was labeled actually a slow learner. So a lot of my, my high school years, I didn't do very well in high school. And that particular transformation started an, an entire thing for me because it was, it was during that two years, that first two years of being a Christian that I actually made a decision to enter into ministry. And I actually went to, min to um, school for ministry, spent four years. And while I was in school at, at, for ministry, I went, I was in, enrolled in university at the same time. Okay. And I, a student who could not pass um, subjects in high school, I graduated from university with, with, an, with, with, a, with an honors degree in theology and graduated with my, with my master's degree and got, got the highest award for my research. And so that kind of transformed me. I, I mean, those things for me had an impact on my life. And, and I think the most, the most important element in that is my minister who refused to give up on me. He, he was the one that, that kept encouraging me at times when I really wanted to give up. At times when I really thought that all of this really doesn't make sense. I'm just fooling myself trying to do all of this. And he was the one that kept pushing me and saying, Look, um, you can't start this thing and not finish it. And uh, my minister, uh, Mr. Brother Carl Powell. Okay. And, you know, I have to pick him up. Uh, you know, every, every book that I write, his name, his name is in it somewhere. Or some lesson that he has taught me is there somewhere. So that 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 is my 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 entire transformation and the kind of and I think this is one of the reasons why I am compelled to impact the lives of other persons and not not to, I don't I I don't give up on people easily. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I I think that you know when you come across some persons that sometimes are very difficult to deal with because of they're where they're coming from because of how they are socialized and stuff. Mm -hmm. But what I find is that if 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 a spark of hope remains, it makes a difference. Yes. So you said that you, <laughs> that you were not easy to get to. Let's just say no, that. no, I wasn't. But he kept on. He kept on. Right. So besides you. Uh, actually, be, you accepted the fact that he wasn't going to stop. Mm -hmm. How did that make you feel? Did that make you feel better than you felt before, or work? Because some people don't like that. So, how did that make you feel? Um, I, I think it one my I think because my my dad was missing for a, a part of my life, and um, I didn't I didn't have a very good relationship with my dad until I was about in my in my twenties. Okay. And and I think that he filled that void that was there. Um, a lot of things that you know, conversations that I would have been longing for with my dad. He was the one that I ended up having those conversations with. And so you know, he that he he kept that hope alive. Okay. He, okay. He, yes, he kept that he kept that hope alive. I, I, and I, I think one of the things that that taught me is the the importance of having male role models very mm -hmm. it's very it's very very important i think that's why many of our young men sometimes are lost because that that element of of having a positive male role model is is often absent yes i think uh girls need positive male role models too i had very, very true father, very true. father <laughs> uncles uh and uh it's amazing what you learn from 
all the people who were in your circle and you learn different things from them too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So can you discuss a specific challenge or setback that you faced and the lessons that you've learned to overcome it? Because it's important for us to understand that the things that we face actually don't come to destroy us. They come to teach us something. Yeah. I, I think for me, the, the most significant thing that I can think of is uh, I for, for a good while, I struggled with believing in myself. I think I struggled with that for a great portion of, of my early life. And I think that stems from, um, I grew up in a, in a very dysfunctional family. And not only with just parents alone, but family overall, very dysfunctional. And I'm talking about generations of dysfunction, not just one generation. And I, I think that had an impact on how I viewed myself. And so I didn't believe in my own ability for a very long time. There, are th there were things that, that I refused, I re actually refused to try, even though, I, even though I knew that I could do it. I just refused to do it because um, I just, there was just something in the back of my mind that said, you know, what if you try and you fail? Uh -huh. So I, I really had to overcome that, that, that particular obstacle. And it, was, it was like pushing a boulder uphill <laughs> because Every time, every time you even 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 when I was in university, and I didn't get anything below a B plus for any any course that I did, but yet still that element of self doubt was always there. Even to the point when I did my last exam in university and I got an A. Just the fact of facing an, a graduation, there was also a doubt. And so I had to really, really work to overcome that, that self-doubt. Because <clears throat> what, one of the things that I realized is that it kept me back from achieving many things. And sometimes it, 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 it puts you in a place where you're always playing catch-up when, 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 you, when, you, when you actually should be ahead. So I, I really had to I had to work over that. You know, one, one of my favorite Bible verses is John 10, 10. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And I've I've internalized that particular Bible verse. Why? Because when I when I look at it, one of the things that I draw from it is that when when God placed me here on earth, he did not place me here to just for just for my spiritual self, but also to enjoy the, the physical aspect of life. And so I look at my life as being two-dimensional, spiritual and, and, and physical. And so if I, if I serve a great big God, then I believe that God also wants me to enjoy what life has to offer. And the only way that I can enjoy what life has to offer is by being my best self. The only way, the only way that I can help other persons is by being my best self. And so I, when, when I look at that, I say, man, God, this is what God has placed me here to do. And this is what he has poured into me for. So I just you have to put that doubt aside, get over it and, and move on. And again, it comes back to the influence of persons that, you, that I have. Um, I, one of the statements that you will always hear me make when I'm doing um, speaking engagements I don't keep friends around me who can't add value to my life and I add value to theirs. 
because <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yeah, hold on, put a pin on that because yeah. you're so right. I want to go back a little bit to the managing the self-talk part because mm -hmm. that's something that most people have a problem with is managing their self-talk. So how what are some techniques that people can that you've used that maybe can help some of the people listening to manage their self-talk? Uh I I read a lot. Um and I, I choose what I read with a fine tooth comb. Okay. There's there there is just there there's enough negative around around us and, and I I really choose what I I I read, what I listen to. I choose the persons that I have around me because these are the persons that are going to feed into into who I am and who I want to be. Um positive self-talk i have to literally speak to myself every day about my abilities so even before anybody celebrates me i celebrate myself okay because i have to i have to be i have to believe in me before anybody else believes in me so that that for me is something that keeps me going um i'm big into into mindfulness I have to be in touch with who I am as a person before I can. Because, you know, one of the things, even persons who are involved in the field that you're involved in, it is easy to speak some words to make somebody feel good. But at the end of the day, if it, if it doesn't resonate with you, the person who is pouring out these things, then all that it is is a, is, is a bunch of words that you have just said. <laughs> okay. So you take time to celebrate yourself. Yeah, I do. I do. Okay, yes. so I want those of you that are listening here. So we've got a couple of gems here. One of them is that you got to believe in yourself. Okay, and and you start with small things if you have to, because people say, "Oh, but I don't believe." But there's something that you do that you can count on yourself to do, and you can use to believe in yourself. So start small if you have to, but get started. And celebrate yourself. That's a wonderful thing to celebrate yourself. Now, uh, what happens when? <laughs> so the negative self-talk, because I know that happens to me. And Paul is really kind because he stops and analyzes it and talks nice to his. <laughs> I feel mine and shut the hell up, but I don't know about y'all. Okay, I say, that's not true. Hush, I'm not listening to you today. But that's yeah. just me. So he has a nicer, kinder way to do it. So we'll do it his way. <laughs> and when you celebrate yourself, do you take time to write down some of your accomplishments? Because it's hard to remember them. We're moving so fast in life. We It's hard to remember even what we were grateful for yesterday, not alone what we accomplished. So in, in, Interestingly, you, who, you know who taught me that? My wife. Oh, hi, wife. Hand clap to wife. Okay. And, and and again, how how we are cultured and socialized, it, it plays a, a big role in in how we view life. Because I I grew up not really celebrating anything. Oh. I was never I was never big on birthdays and all of that. But my wife celebrates everything. My wife celebrates every significant moment in her life. And she, she, she. I mean, she makes me celebrate it, even if I don't want to. And so I have, I, you know, I have really taken on that and seen the importance of, you know, <laughs> recognizing milestones. 
and and also one one I think one of the reasons why I do it for myself also is that I am I am raising a son. We have we have one son, and I also want him to understand the value of celebrating things. I want him to understand that there's nothing wrong when you have made a milestone to celebrate it. And and one of the reasons why I do that is that nobody is obligated to celebrate anything for you. <laughs> no, 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 no matter no matter what 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 achievements we make in life, nobody is obligated to celebrate for us. So it it is be, it is best that you recognize your milestones yourself and be very comfortable in doing that. <laughs> Thank you for that reminder for those for me and for those who are listening because I know some of us are saying, "Well, I did a good thing and nobody said anything." So you're right. We have to celebrate ourselves, and it helps if you write those down because at the end of the year you will be surprised yes. at everything that you've accomplished that all the good that you've done for yourself and for others and we tend to forget that yeah i'm i'm a part of a, i'm a part of a group um of of entrepreneurs who most of us are authors and every month we do a goal setting and at the end of the month we recognize our wins and i'm i we started that last year and i have been my mind has been blown as to how much I've achieved in, in a year. And just starting this year, my mind has been blown just by... And so some of the things that I considered to be so insignificant were actually wins. And the fact that I'm now writing down these things and documenting them, it makes it makes so much of a difference in how I, how I see life. That is fantastic. So talk a little bit about the author part. So since you've just mentioned the group of authors, so what books have you written? Well, I have I have written I've written five books so far. Okay. I've written um Words to Inspire, Volumes One and Two. And that those two books just came out of I started writing, just writing quotes on, on Facebook. And just every day I just all of them are original things that I thought about. Some of them sometimes didn't make any a lot of sense to me. But when I wrote them down, people found favor with them. And so I just I did that for a good while. And then I was encouraged that, you know, you write down, you write down these things every day. Why don't you just turn them into to write a book? And I started writing. Uh, what I did, I just took the quotes that I wrote and expanded them into three paragraphs each. And one book became two books. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. so I have I have volume one and volume two. Yeah, one book became two books. I have a a, four, a forty day devotional, abundant life devotional. I wrote a book for young men um, called Unlocking Proverbs. Uh, I what, what I did was I took verses from Proverbs and expanded them into into um encouragement for young men i actually used that book in my mentorship program uh is is called um unlocking unlocking proverbs lessons from a father to his son and then there's another book that is called my story and that that book is just documented different different aspects of my own my own journey it's called my story journey to purpose just look at different aspects of some of some of the challenges some of the the, the, even the failures that I've had. And so that's five. And I have probably another four manuscripts 
that are supposed, supposed to be published soon. I'm actually working on, on one to be published um, by the end of this year. It's a, it's a book on pastoral counseling and care in the church. One, one of my passions. That book is called Shepherd in the Flock. <laughs> cool. So as you were gathering your quotes, what was one of your favorites? What was one of my favorite? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I said it. Um, I think one of my favorite things that I wrote down was um, there's always a necessity to upgrade your friends. Oh, let's talk about that. So there's a, okay, upgrading our friends. Okay, so why yes. should we upgrade our friends? And when do we know when, how do we um, know when it's time? I, I I I truly believe that all of us are on a particular journey in life. And the unfortunate thing that not everybody is prepared for the journey that we are on. If we if we keep some people within our circle, we will never reach our destination. Because there are there are, there are persons who pull from us rather than adding to who we are as individuals. And the truth is you you do yourself a, a disservice by allowing persons to pull from you who don't add value to you. And the truth is, any if if the, if that person was in your position, I don't think that they would carry you on the journey. So you owe it to yourself that at some point in time, you have to do an inventory of the people that you have in your life, whether they are family, friends, or acquaintances. You have to do an inventory, and. If those persons are pulling from you, just think of it. You have somebody in your circle. And every time that you go in that person's presence, all that they have to say is negative stuff. My question is, why do you want to carry that person along on your journey? What value, what real, what real value is that person adding to your life if every time you are trying to make a step forward, that person tells you how much you can't do it and how much you're not worthy? To be going on the journey that you are going on, mm -hmm. why why are you going to have that person in your circle? So I I honest I strongly believe in if in inventory. I, you have to stop every now and then and take stock of the persons that you have in your life. Um, even in a church setting, sometimes you are in you are you are in a church, and unfortunately we don't like talking about it, but sometimes you have to move ground. Yes. Sounds like, it sounds a bit uncomfortable, but sometimes you have to. <laughs> so Paul has recommended that you you do sit down periodically and do an inventory of your friends. Now, those of you who follow me know that I think you should do that once a year. <laughs> <laughs> so, and do an inventory of your friends because he's right. Uh, there's been a lot of statistics about how much you can accomplish based upon the people you surround yourself with, because we're sharing each other's energy. So if you want to go far, you've got to be sure that you're going with the people who actually will empower you as opposed to drain you. And and it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're becoming and unloving. And, right. it, and it's not that you're thinking that you're better than, than anybody else. But the truth is. If if you if you want to serve humanity, you can only serve humanity being your best self. Right. Be your best self. 
So in your journey, who and what has been a significant source of inspiration and how has it impacted your outlook on life? I know we've talked about the gentleman that uh, <laughs> encouraged you strongly to go to earlier, but was there anyone? Uh, well, I, I, will, I, will, I, I will begin with him because he, okay. he has made a, an, an impact on me that unlike anybody else that... Um, I have come across in my, and there are many persons who have impacted my life, but there's one, there's one thing about him that is very special. And, and I think that is patience. Ah. Um, in my journey, there, are, there were many persons who are not patient with me. And I think that is why I, I messed up a lot of times because mm -hmm. persons were not patient. Um, I was like a piece of board that was rough. That needed some sandpaper and sometimes when you are doing woodwork you need different grades of sandpaper because of how, how, how coarse the wood is so I, I was like that okay and he he was one of the only few persons who had that kind of patience that when when i messed up and messed up big time he was the one who would pat me on the shoulder and says this is not the end of the world all that you need to do is to move on from this. Do what you need to do. Say, say, you know, say if you're sorry if you, and, and all of that. Make your restitution if you need to do, but you have to move on from this. And, and I think that patience made uh, a great deal mm -hmm. in my life. My wife is also another person who, um, my wife is very patient also, and I've had a lot of persons with patience. Um, my wife is an encourager. A lot of a lot of stuff that I have achieved was because of her encouragement. Okay. You know, she was the one that said, you can do it. You can. Even when I was going to going to um college and wanted to give up, she said, You have to finish. Because you do, it makes no sense. You start this journey and don't finish it. You have to finish. And that's it. My uh, family for me is a is a is a big thing. I think that my strength comes from my family. I have I have three brothers and and a sister, and um, my mother, father. I, I, my father and I, I mean, we have a very great relationship now, and it's something that that I really really cherish. Took me um, at the age of twenty six years old to start mm -hmm. building that relationship with him. I am now fifty one, and and it has been has been a journey, I, and I think um, my 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 studies in psychology and counseling has helped me to understand a lot of things about my dad, which I didn't understand understand before. And I have a better appreciation for a lot of the stuff that he went through that would have actually made me bitter back then. But I, I can understand the kind of journey that he had to, to get to where he, he is. So that 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 is my circle, my, my family, my, my minister, my wife, my son. Um, I keep those people close to my heart. Those, those are the, these are the persons that influence me. These are the persons that make me want to be better. So, how do you cultivate a positive mindset? And what advice do you have for others looking to adopt a more optimistic approach to life? Oh Lord! <laughs> right. <laughs> So, so we're going to give you guys about five seconds to get some paper and pencil out there <laughs> now because this is a loaded question. My my positive mindset begins in the word of God. That, that's my point of reference. I 
I saturate myself with what God's word says. Sometimes I don't I, I don't like what it says, but I know it's good for me. So so I I wake up, I wake I try to wake up every day with a passion for life. Even when things are not the best. I don't wait until things are the best to celebrate what life is because even on the even on a very bad day, God is still good. <laughs> Uh, and that that is something that keeps me going i i try to you know invite things into my space i i i wake up every day and i will read a positive thought from somewhere i draw i i i'm a big fan of music i, I listen to a lot of music um have i have very weird taste in music also some of the music that i listen to nobody else will listen to it but that's where i draw that's where i draw my inspiration from i write a lot also i do a lot of writing so i'm always writing down something somewhere as, as soon as i think of think of something i just write it down and you know it helps me to to unwind and to unload that's where my whole thing comes from so if somebody's looking i i believe strongly in mindset i believe that if if i can change the way how i think then i can i can I can, my, my potential is limitless if I can change how I think. So I believe a lot of, a lot of us, our, our failures and our hardships begin in how we think. And the minute, the minute we can transform the way we think, then there is no limit to what we can achieve. So I believe that this right here is important. Right? And as soon as soon as any negative thought comes into my mind, I try to push it out and out of here and stay here. Because if I carry that with me, then and Jesus, Jesus says it. Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart flows. <laughs> it, it, you know, is is what is what we whatever we take in here is what we put out into the world. Whatever our minds conceive is what our actions become. And so, therefore, if, if I want to be a positive person who motivates other people, then I have to get it right up here. <laughs> so what techniques can people use or that maybe you could recommend to, to stop those negative thoughts? You know, a, a lot of people uh, say that they try to stay focused on the positive, but this one thought comes uh, you know, I just send it off somewhere and pay it yeah. no attention, but that that's a process too. So what process can people use to stop the negative thoughts in their track? I'm going to put on my counseling hat for a little minute. Okay. One of the things that stop a lot of us from moving forward is the unresolved issues that we have of the past. Okay. If we want to progress by moving forward, we have to deal with the issues that we have we have, that we have in the past. And, and I, I can speak from experience. I would not be who I am today if I had not dealt with the past. And part of dealing with the past is forgiveness. You will never be able to move forward without forgiveness. I, I, you, have to, you have to forgive self. And you have to forgive the people who have done you wrong. And you have to forgive the people who, have, who you perceive have done you wrong. <laughs> that, that is important. 
But um, you just have to look at what what are the issues that you would have had in your past that that is contributing to your present mindset or your present behavior. You have to deal with those because the truth is, no matter how many motivational books we read, no matter how many motivational speeches we hear, no matter how much mindfulness we indulge in or whatever techniques we can find. If we don't deal with our demons in the past, we'll never be able to move forward. And I, I'm, I'm all, I've always said that to persons. Uh, yes, it is good listening to all of the positive self-talk and all of that. But all that you'll be doing if you don't deal with the past is that you're actually carrying, you're, you're carrying baggage of the past into the present. Mm -hmm. And if you have it in the present, you're also going to bring it with you into, into the future. And the, 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 um, the danger with that is that our baggage doesn't only affect us. It affects the people around us. Ah. I'm making a note. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But if y'all see that, you know where I got it from, right? <laughs> you, are, you are so right. We do have to deal with the past. We do have to forgive. And we should forgive at least daily you can't yes. take that stuff into the next day yes uh i remember a story someone told about a guy who would come home from work at night and he'd empty his pockets and he would have a lot of coins and he would do it one coin at a time and finally one of his kids says daddy why do you do that he says i am releasing the things that <laughs> that hurt me today Yes. And, and he would do it one by one and release them. And then he says, and when I get up in the morning, I'm going to bless those same coins because they're going to be my blessings for today. Mm -hmm. So, True. yeah. Whoa, whoa. That's that's powerful stuff. Yeah. So I thought, oh, that is so cool. <laughs> that, that's, that's powerful stuff. Yeah. That's powerful stuff. Uh, and I, again, because because I am a Christian, my my point of reference is always going to go back to what God's word says. And one of the things that, you know, the word always emphasize is hope. And so I live, Stephanie, I live in hope. No, ma no matter how, I, and, and I'm not in any way suggesting that I don't have bad days and bad times and dark times and all of that. I do. But I live in hope. Mm-hmm. I have I have a particular approach to life, and and it comes from something that I heard someone say say many years ago. Um, I was in Texas um, at a conference one year, and a preacher gave an illustration about driving through the rain, and he said that he was driving through a thunderstorm for about an hour, and he kept driving and wonder wonder you know he kept wondering if he should turn back because. All that he was driving, that the storm was just getting worse. And he just kept driving. And he said he just suddenly came out into sunshine. And it had, he said, you know, one of the things I've learned from that, no matter how much the rain is falling, the sun is shining somewhere. That's right. And I have and I have never forgotten that statement. The sun is always shining somewhere. So no matter how, how bad life gets, I live in hope. Because no matter how bad today is, tomorrow can't be as bad as, as today. 
<laughs> That's true. Well, can you share a moment when you felt like giving up and what motivated you to persevere? Oh, wow. Man, there's, there have been so many of those. <laughs> well, we want a big juicy yeah. one, okay? So don't yeah, give us the time for light one. We want a good one. I think the, the hardest period of my life was when I left where where I was um, when when I when I began ministry. I went went to school for ministry. I gave up my job. I gave up the home where I was living. Um, I didn't have any means of funding my four years in school. And when I when I when I got to school, I remember. When I walked into the dorm that Sunday evening and I looked at the dorm, I says, good Lord, what have I done to myself? <laughs> and it was four difficult years, very difficult years. And there were times when I literally wanted to, I, no, I said, no, this is not for me. This is not what God called me here for. I, I mean, there were days because I, I, I lived, we, we lived in a, in, in a dormitory where um, even what we, what we ate as students had to be funded by the church, had to be funded by members volunteering and so forth. And there were, there were, there were times when there was no money to buy anything. And we had to, basically we were at, we were at the mercy of everybody else. And I said, there were many times I said to myself, as a matter of fact, that time I was dating my wife. And there were days when she came to look for me. I said, look here, I want to leave. I want to get out of here. And she kept saying that you are started, so you can finish. <laughs> and <laughs> that's right. You know, one one thing, I think one, one of the things that kept me, that helped me to overcome was a statement um, that I thought was in the Bible. And I found out later that it is nowhere in the Bible. <laughs> This too shall pass. <laughs> That's that statement is a statement that has resonated with me throughout life. That this too shall pass, mm -hmm. and I've learned in that in that time that in order in order for God to prepare to use you, you have to go through some stuff. When I look at the biblical examples that I have, I remember people like Elijah becoming depressed. Because he thought that he was the only prophet in Israel. And God had to bring him by a dry river and feed him in order to prepare him to do something great. And when I look at when I look at those examples, I said, um, who, who, who am I not, for, not to allow God to use me? Why should my why should my hardships be different from anybody else? Because that is that is what God does. So I, I have I have learned like like what and you know my name is Paul, but I've learned like Paul to be contented in whatever state that I am. And it begins it begins with my with my with my mindset. And so one, one of my things um in life is that if I if I have a little, Stephanie, I celebrate it. And if I have much, I celebrate it and give it away. Because <laughs> Because God has been extreme. It, I mean, God has taken me through some, some very difficult times. Um, times when I, I mean, I 
got into into a period of depression at one point in time when I was in in in, in ministry. Um, went through sometimes when I decided that I'm going to just walk away from this. And the truth is, sometimes the people that you serve are the people who hurt you the most. And I've I've experienced those things. I I did 15 15 years in full time ministry, and I've I mean experienced some very very dark days. But there's one thing that keeps me going, is when that one person whose life you have you have impacted will come to you and say, you know, you have made a difference to me. Even when you even when you thought that you were not getting through to them, that one person comes forward and say, because of what you have done, because of and what you have said, you have made a difference to me. And that keeps me going. I don't need a whole a whole group of persons to applaud me. I just need that one person to say that I've impacted you. So let's talk about words to inspire. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the your favorite quotes of the quotes that you've written? Ah, but you know, we always me, have our little favorites. Let me see if I can find one or two of them. And where can they find your books? All right, my my all of, all of my books are on are on Amazon. Okay. Uh, you can find find every one of them on on Amazon. Um, uh, they are also at um, Draft to Digital, and okay. I'm trying I'm trying now to get get some into into Barnes and Noble. And they're uh, available on their vegetable di- uh, digital, and then they can actually get a hard copy. Yes, they, okay. yeah, they, yeah, they're all 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 available, um, digital and and hard copy. And, and out of your books, do you have a favorite? <laughs> uh, my favorite, I think, is Volume One of Words to Inspire. Okay. Volume One, um, and and interestingly, why? I think of of all the books that I've written, that might have been the hardest one, because it it, it took a lot of getting over self doubt. Even at the point when I when I finished it, I I took a while before I even published it, because I kept thinking, uh, why is it? Anybody is anybody going to read this? Is anybody going to <laughs> anybody's going to buy this? Um, who am I to have written this book? What 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 can you say to anybody? I, I, I struggle with that a lot. And when I finally put that book up on Amazon and the person started reading it, I said, Wow. The person started buying it, and I mean I I got I got some reviews, especially from persons from church and 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 different workshops that I did. And persons said that it impacted them and thoughts came out. I I said, boy, God is good. <laughs> God God is good. I I'm trying to I can't find I'm trying to find. Okay, well we still, I've still got questions, so don't get mm-hmm. stuck on that. <laughs> okay, okay. So as the CEO and founder of Words Worth It, motivational speaking and training company, uh, what does your day look like? How do you, what do you do during the course of the day to help other people live an abundant life? 
Uh, well, I have, I'm one of those crazy persons who can't sit one place for very too long. So I am involved. I teach, I teach at the, the same school that I went to for ministry. I teach there. I have to okay. train, to train ministers. I, I have two counseling offices um, that I, I, I'm, I'm at one um, five days per week and on the weekend I'm at the, at the other one. Okay. Um, I do speaking engagements sometimes two or three times per week. I have a mentorship group that I run for, for young men. Um, I actually have two of them. We, my wife and I do a live, a live, a program, a program every, every two weeks for, um, LBW radio, which is a radio station out of Bonnier called level up your marriage. We are, we are big into, big into marriage enrichment. Um, so that's basic. I am, in other words, I am always on the go. <laughs> so share a, share a tip about enriching your marriage. Ah, oh, wow. <laughs> From you have to like the person that you are married to. Oh, say that again. You have to like the person you you're to, married to. I noticed I didn't say love. Right. I, I, you have to like the person who you are married to. I think that one of the greatest blessings of marriage is actually to be friends with the person that you're married to. And you don't, you don't, don't allow, allow life to get in the way. Cause you know, we have, we have a tendency when we are, when we get married and as the years go by, you know, we, we stop, we stop laughing. We stop joking. We stop having like moments. Yeah. And those, those, those are the things that keeps, that keeps relationships alive. You know, don't 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 allow allow the children and in-laws to get the best part of your marriage. I, I I tell my couples that even when you have children, the children are secondary to your relationship. Because one day they're going to leave. And I don't I don't know if you know, but a lot of divorces take place when children leave home. Oh, I didn't know. I thought that yes. was a celebration yes. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot a lot of divorce happens when children leave home. Why? Because you have invested so much time in raising children and not investing in a relationship that when the children leave, you have two strangers left in the house. Okay. And that and that that a lot of times that's when the relationship becomes very toxic also. Right, so I I encourage couples to keep that spark of friendship in your relationship. Um, keep it alive. Don't you know, don't allow life's difficulties to get you stop get you to stop smiling. So, do you do like date night? What are you? What are some tips people can use to keep? Yes, it alive? yeah. Um, I I I have I don't have a choice. <laughs> 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 My my wife my wife is big on on that part. You know we have to we have to stop to make time for each other, mm -hmm. right? And even well, she doesn't allow me to get too busy that I don't stop to take time for each other, and that that's important. So, and you know it doesn't have to be an official date night as as we call it, but just being just being in the house and being present. Because many times we are, you know, we you know we can be in the same space as, as couples and but we are not present. 
So being right, one's watching television, the other one's playing a game. Yeah, being present is important. So, um, cooking, you know, whatever whatever needs to be done in the house, you do it together. It sounds it sounds cliche, but guess what? This these are the things that keep people's relationship alive. And if if we were spending more time doing stuff like that, um, we would have better marriages. Okay, that that's that's right. Because my husband and I do things together. Just some some things just not planned, and some yeah. aren't planned. You know, and yes. and the not planned things are a lot of fun, actually. So, yeah, very much so. Very yeah. much so. Very much so. Yeah. And and again, you have you have to discover what works for you. You know, don't don't get tied down to what people think you should be doing. Find out what works for you because the truth is what you and your spouse enjoy might be might seem out of this world to somebody else. <laughs> but but if you enjoy doing it, why not? That's right. So I had one more question. So if someone contacts you and just says, Oh, I'm having a hard time with whatever. What's the thing? What's an easy thing someone can do to lift their spirits right away? I didn't hear the first part. Let so, repeat for me. Sometimes people will contact you and say, "Oh, nothing's going well. I don't know what to do. I need help." What's one thing that they could do to lift their spirits immediately? I think I would. I think I would start with that person. That don't be too hard on yourself because life. I mean, life gets mundane sometimes, um, and and that's that's just that's just the reality. What what you should be doing though is finding some find something to invest in, finding some something. And and the truth is, it doesn't have to be. Um, I'm looking for a word. It doesn't have to be what people. Put, you know, people like to put us in boxes okay. and say that we must be doing this and we must be doing that and it must it must follow a particular sequence. Right. And and life life doesn't work like that. So in and I, I find that in in our do, in our dull moments or in our down moments, I don't I don't like to call them dull, but in our down moments, that is when we are most creative, and we need to find a way to tap into that spark. Some of my best writing comes from a time when I feel I have nothing to write about. Where I go deep within myself and I just find that one, that one line mm -hmm. that will start something. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I think one of one of the one of the mistakes that we make as, as individuals is to think that life must follow a particular trajectory. And it, it, and that that's I think that that's a that's a lie that the devil tells us. Okay. So if, if it is not going this particular, we'll feel like as if we are failing and that we are not achieving much. Right. And that's not true. So in, in these times when we think that nothing is going on, one of the things I've always said, that is possible when God is preparing you for something great. Oh. That's so we, we, we use our dull moments to become depressed and to curse life, curse the, the unfortunate circumstances of life when we think that nothing is going on. But have we ever thought about the fact that when we think that nothing is going on, that is when God is preparing us for great things. 
you know, I've I've learned over the years not to preempt what God is doing. Because God God doesn't work on my time or my agenda. He works when he pleases. And I've learned that when you get those down times, don't question them. Enjoy no, them. No, don't. Because there, a busy period is brewing underneath that. And That's then you'll, right. you'll say, oh, my God, when I had some time to rest or do this, I didn't. Yeah. So True. enjoy them. Do things that you want to do. Nurture yourself. Uh, do a lot of self-care. Meditate. Uh, and, and even and even in those down times, right. we also can use those down times to reach out to other persons. That's right. Because it's not, it's not always about us. Uh, right. <laughs> just, yeah, just take advantage of it because when they pass, you're going to be so busy and you're going yes, that's to true. be praying that's for downtime. That's true. Right. Well, I want to thank you for joining me. And I want all of you all to... Um, to go out to Amazon. He has, you said five books now? Yes. yes. Five books, four in, a, four in the hopper now. So, but five books and go out and visit Amazon and uh, purchase a book and let me know and let him know too how you liked it. Because I'm sure the words, uh, the words to inspire has got to be an awesome book. Yes. And it's always nice to be able to pick up one of those and just get a quote just to set your day. So thank you for that. Um, as we close, may this day offer you just what you need in each unfolding moment. Trust your greatness and embrace your power. See, with the right pair of shoes, you all know I can accomplish anything. So be inspired. <laughs> and until further notice, celebrate everything. Do not go gently into that good night. Find a heel worth dying for and take it and be the person that you are waiting for. Make today so awesome that yesterday gets jealous and above all else, do it your way. You all have a great day and we'll see you next time.